I want to talk to you today about the joy of Christmas. Luke 2.10 says this, But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Great joy it speaks of there. And I, I, I want to do an acrostic of that word joy this morning. Let's start with this, where we should start at Christmas. The, first, the J in joy is for Jesus. Luke 1.26 says this. We'll read the story. We're going to pick it up again later in, this, in the book. We started in Luke, and we're going to read on. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the answer to why you exist. The answer to what on earth are you here for? He's the one and only that can fill the void in your heart and bring you to understand your purpose in life. He's the only one who can heal the hurt in your heart. He's the only one who can heal the hurt in your family. Jesus. He's the one that can give you the wisdom you need in life. And he's the only one who can give you eternal life. The only one that can take you to a place called heaven. Luke 2.11 says it. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Born to you, he is Christ the Lord. Joseph Bailey wrote a poem that I want to read to you on this Christmas Sunday, Sunday before Christmas. He captured the meaning. He said this, Praise God for Christmas. Praise Him for the incarnation, for the Word made flesh. I will not sing of shepherds watching flocks on frosty nights or angel choristers. I will not sing of a stable bear in Bethlehem or lowing oxen, wise men trailing star with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Tonight, I will sing praise to the Father who stood on heaven's threshold and said farewell to his son as he stepped across the stars to Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And I will sing praise to the infinite, eternal son who became most finite a baby, who would one day be executed for my crime. Praise him in the heavens. Praise him in the stable. Praise him in my heart. And you may not understand tears that I cry, especially if you're new here. I seem to do it more than I want to, I promise you. But let me just tell you this. He's done so much for me. He's forgiven me of my sin. You think I'm Holy Joe up here. I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And when he touches my heart, it almost always surrounds his salvation for me or for others. And his heart is that he loves you just like he loved me. The joy of Christmas is what Jesus has done to save our souls and reunite us with God the Father in heaven someday. The O in the acrostic. 
others. First, it's Jesus. The O, others. Luke 2.4. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were there shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, same message he said to Mary, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For all people. The whole life of Jesus Christ, stepping from heaven as the Son of God who knew no sin, heaven where there's no pain, no sorrow, stepped onto this earth as a baby and came in that he might live on this earth as a spotless lamb who never sinned, show us the way by example. You know what the Christian life is all about. It's about becoming more like Jesus. That's what our goal is as believers, to become more like Jesus every day. He came to show us how to live. He came to show us, the Bible says, who the Father is. Some of you have a father on this earth that was not very good to you. Many of you have good dads that you can praise the Lord for. But I want those who have been through some hard times with this this term, this title called Father, to understand that that, that Jesus shows us what the Father's like. And the life of Jesus, that he lived for love, always reaching, always encouraging, always forgiving, always helping, and offering you new life, he's the one who shows you what a real father is like. Get your view of, of, of father from who God is, not from who your dad was, if he wasn't quite there. Jesus was all about helping others. All people. He came to serve people. He came to this earth to sacrifice himself and to serve. See it in Philippians 2, verse 4. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the goal in life is to be like Jesus. Jesus was here to serve. I thought in the spirit of giving on this Christmas uh, Sunday and, and, and the spirit of serving, we could recognize a couple of people who are a lot like Jesus. I see Jesus in them. They're wonderful, selfless servants. And it's an award that we give every year we call the unsung hero. These are people that are usually behind the scenes. Uh, the, the whole of the body does not know about them, but they serve in wonderful ways to care for people, to make sure the environment's right, to give their gifts, and they're volunteers. And um, every year we give the Unsung Hero Award, and we have two that we're going to honor this morning. Jesus showed us how to serve, and now we're going to uh, 
honor some servants here this morning. The first recipient today of our Unsung Hero Award is Taylor Adams. Taylor, wherever you are, would you come up here and stand with me? Is she here? Is she in the house? There she is. Let's give Taylor a hand as she comes. Did we surprise you? Yeah, yeah. She had no idea. It's a secret. Good job to her husband for keeping that a secret and, 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 and getting her here and getting the family here. He insisted that the whole family worship together, I heard today. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's late today, but hardly ever is she late, all right? <laughs> Taylor taught every week in Horizon Kids during the interim between Pastor Jenny and Pastor Josh upstairs for months, every week. She has done children's ministry event and planning, staff planning, kids event, teacher large group events, and weekly small groups. In addition to that, she's a preschool teacher uh, every Sunday uh, during the 815 service and has been a volunteer for Horizon Student Ministries with her husband, AJ. She also was a chaperone and a leader on the Cambodia missions trip this year, and she really is a wonderful lady with a great heart. And we have a few things for you. What we do with the Unsung Heroes is we, hey, we try to tailor the gifts to, <laughs> to things they like and who they are. And so, so uh, now this wouldn't have been something I would have chosen, but they, they insisted that you love to get uh, books about ministry and children's ministry. And so we have a book for you today, Nine Things They Didn't Teach Me in College About Children's Ministry. There's one of your professors right over there. <laughs> See if he didn't know something in there later, all right? And uh, we also uh, have for you a $100 uh, Target gift card for you. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> we have a, a, uh, a dinner for two at the Oswego Grill, this gift card here for you and your husband because you've given so much. <clears throat> and we have this nice plaque that I want to read for our unsung hero, Taylor Adams, today. It says, presented to Taylor... For your selfless service to the Lord, his people, and his people at Horizon Community Church. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. We love you. Here, you can put that in here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, the thing is, thank you for everything you do. I wish we could do this for everyone. You, there's so many wonderful servants here. But we, we like to do it. There's, there's another one here this morning that we want to honor. I would like for Steve Fivecoat to come and stand with me today. If you're here, Steve. Steve, did we surprise you as well? He didn't know. I like it when they don't know. <clears throat> Steve is a volunteer for Street to Seat. Every week he's out here making the environment great. Come stand by me, bro. See, he doesn't, that's the thing. He's the perfect unsung hero because he doesn't want to be seen. He just, he just wants, he wants to serve. But, but he works with uh, community care as well. He's been instrumental in our pounds for love, 6,000 pounds or so of food that we just put out in the community to 80 families that are needy in our schools. Steve spearheaded that all with planning and coordinating and volunteers. He's a, a key volunteer in community care efforts at Tualatin Elementary School, where he's a lunch buddy youth mentor every week. That is awesome. And he has a wonderful heart 
And, and I just see you going everywhere and making everything better, Steve, and I so appreciate it. And I found out you love ice cream. So I got you a special scoop. Now, this is a $40 scoop, bro, okay, just so you know. $10 shipping. But, but <clears throat> someone gave, Luis Palau gave me one of these as a gift a few years ago. I, I'm not name dropping. I hate that. I was talking to Billy Graham about that the yeah. other day. <laughs> he hates it as well. But that is a killer scoop, bro. You're, you're, you're going to like that. So that, that's, that's for you. We have a $50 gift card for you at Cold Stone. So <laughs> just, just in case you don't feel like scooping yes. one of those days, let someone else do it for you. And we heard you love history. So your wife put us on to this, this, uh, this book for you, if, if You Survive from Normandy to the Battle of the Bulge. So I'm having a Battle of the Bulge right now myself. <laughs> And then we have this card here, which is a $50 Amazon card to order more books for history, if you'd like to do that. And, and we have, of course, this, and I want to read it to you too, Steve, because it comes from our heart, because you're such a, a great servant of the Lord. For your selfless service to the Lord and his people at Horizon Community Church. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> Love you, man. Let me give you your lid here. to give things away. It's so fun. And, and really, there are so many. There, there, there are somewhere between four and 500 people who volunteer in this church at times. And you're all so special. And, and thank you for being like Jesus. To these two today, a special thank you, but to all of you. As a matter of fact, if you're here today and you serve in any capacity in the, uh, along the year at Horizon, would you stand? Can we do that? Everybody who serves as an usher, greeter, anywhere, youth, children, stand up. Would you do that? Let's thank the Lord for all of these people. Thank you so much. Incredible people, and we, we, we love you. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. That was the heart of Jesus who stepped onto this earth. It's the heart of these people that we just honored as well. Now, the why in joy. It's you. Luke 2.11. I want to read it again. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Jesus wrapped himself in humanity. And he came to this earth to be a ransom for your sins. That you might be reunited with God the Father in heaven. He had you on his mind. In all of his life and his death, he had you on his mind then, and he has you on his mind now. It's interesting that Jesus appeared to shepherds, or the angel appeared to shepherds, rather, to announce the birth of Jesus. Why the shepherds? This week, I read a survey that showed nearly a third of those questions stated that all of, of all the persons mentioned in the Christmas story, they identified most with the shepherds. Because they were your average, ordinary, everyday working people, just like most of us. And they were invited to the birth, the King of Kings. Well, you have an invitation too. Every one of us, it's a personal invitation. 
to give your life to Christ, to let him wrap his arms and his love around your life and give you eternal life in heaven and the best life possible on this earth. It's true that we're not kings or famous. We're not people of notoriety in history. That's human history. But you're the very reason that Jesus came to this earth to die for you, to shed his blood for the remission of my sins and for your sins. It's a personal thing. Jesus cares about you. He knows you and he loves you. And this should mean joy for all the people. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you've failed, he loves you. He wants you. No matter how heavy your trial, he wants to bless you. The joy that Jesus brings is for you today as well, not just for others. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I want to close today by sharing a story of one of my mentors. He was raised in a home with an abusive father. When he was a young teenager, he finally got between his mom and his dad when he was hitting her. And he said, Dad, never again. I'm big enough where you'll never do this to mom again. And they went at it. Dad left and never returned. He got saved in a church as a young teenager in New Mexico and eventually became a preacher. That boy grew to be a man who became my friend and my mentor, and he died this past week. I watched his memorial online. Keith was bigger than life. He had a big body and a big husky voice, and he didn't talk like most preachers. He would greet you for the first time by saying something like, hey, fathead. He had a nickname for everyone because he couldn't remember names, only his nicknames. <laughs> I'm sad to say mine was Screw Loose. <clears throat> <laughs> but he was really like Jesus. I, wanted, I want you to catch a little bit of his personality. He was fun and he was funny, but he was, he was so into God and helping people find Jesus. Dave Reaver told the story at the memorial service of of, of Keith and him traveling through Montana. He's what you call the district youth director of Montana, working with camps of thousands of kids and children. Uh, and, and he had great influence in these children's life. But he's got Dave Reaver in his van. They're traveling to an assembly at a high school, and they're traveling late at night to make it in the morning. They have some pastors put gas out on the road because there's no stations open in the middle of the night, and they put five gallons in and move on. And there's no uh, there's, there's, there's not a big ticket price for speeding in Montana, at least in this day. It was $5. So um, Keith got stopped by a police officer traveling pretty fast that night. And the police officer was from one of the churches, and he recognized Keith. And he said, Keith Elder? He said, yeah, that's right. He said, how fast was I going? He said, 90. Keith said, great, my cruise control's right on. Then he said, how much do I owe you? 
He said, $5. And Keith gave him a 10. He said, Keith, I don't have change. Keith said, keep it. I'm coming by here tonight anyway. <laughs> Honest to goodness, true story. That was Keith Elder. He did scores of camps, hundreds through a 30-year period in Montana. And I had the privilege of speaking some of those camps when I was younger to the youth there. Every week at camp, he'd tell the story of his dad leaving him. Middle of the week, he'd go up, tell the story about his rough childhood. And then he would invite the children who had no dads, the students who had dads that were absent to come up. And he would pray for him. You know, I love that thought of take the stick that the enemy beat you with in your life and beat him back with it. That enemy told Keith, you're worthless. Your dad doesn't love you. Your dad doesn't love your family. Your dad doesn't care about you. And Keith found Jesus. And you know what he said? Kids, God loves you. He's just beating them back. God is your heavenly father. God will walk through you with life. And I'll be here for you too. And Keith changed lives by introducing people to Jesus Christ. I saw this with my own eyes after a camp one week. Keith was a big man, so he rode on his four-wheeler everywhere around the camp. And we were talking at the end of camp. I thought all the kids were gone. Keith was sitting sideways on his four-wheeler. And a young lady came down the road. He said, excuse me, son, talking to me. And he walked over to her, and I heard this conversation. She's probably 15, and she's just beautiful. She said, Keith, I don't want to go home. He said, God, I'll go with you. She said, Keith, I don't have a dad. And Keith said, as he hugged her, I'll be your daddy, darling. And he prayed for her. He said, you call me anytime. And he gave her his number. And he did that for hundreds of kids. He changed lives. Psalm 68.5 says that he's the father to the fatherless. Defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. I want you to see a picture of Keith and his grandkids. Um, I think you can tell which one's him. <laughs> how, does a, how does a kid whose life is so hard get to a place where he's one of the best dads I've ever seen? Where he has this incredible family and legacy with these grandkids. And I'm not kidding you. I know it sounds ridiculous where he's been influential for tens of thousands of people coming to Christ. Jesus. And this Jesus is for you. Jesus cared about that young boy who was abused in New Mexico. He met Keith and he gave him new life. He changed Keith's heart and he showed him how to love, what love really was. And Keith introduced everyone he came in contact with to Jesus who changed his life. Keith Elder was one of the greatest examples of who the Heavenly Father is that I've ever seen in my life. 
when you consider where he came from in his youth, that is amazing. 1 Peter 1.18, God's letting us know it's for us. I'm just giving you an example of a life that was changed and a mentor that I want to honor today, but I want to honor someone else more. I want to honor Jesus who changed his life and Jesus who changed my life and Jesus who will change your life if you let him. 1 Peter 1.18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you had inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. 